Is this your fan base after the draft? Get the truth with Abibiter Draft Grades. Welcome to the podcast. That's right. It's everyone's favorite edition of the podcast, the Draft Grade Podcast. Of course, today we will go over the user team draft picks in the uh, Bibiter franchise, and we will grade them with a letter grade on how well they drafted. So I will give my thoughts, which are just my thoughts, just opinion, uh, and then we give a letter grade to each team. <clears throat> and if you're new, this letter grade uh, is established via a very uh, accurate and complex grading algorithm or formula um, that will determine how well your team did drafting and how well they were, will do moving forward in the future. Um, this is, of course, what everyone tunes in to hear and uh, what every team in the league looks for is the draft grade. Uh, and that will determine how they draft in the future and what they think of uh, their personnel departments in the present. And if you get upset about the draft grades, just remember, these are scientifically determined. Uh, some of the top minds from all scientific fields from across the world have uh, worked on this process. So if you don't agree with your draft grade, you really don't believe in science and you don't want to be that person. So let's get into it. Let's get to our first draft grade of the year. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs did not have a first-round draft pick, I, and I don't remember uh, what he was traded or what the the first-round pick was traded for. Um, and I don't know if I should really factor that into their grade anyway, uh, so I won't. But the Chiefs were picking 26th in uh, all the rounds. They had just their original draft picks, so in the second round, they took right tackle Karifi Carson. Karifi may sound like uh, the name of someone from the Lion King, but it is in fact a football player. Uh, Karifi Carson, right tackle, 70 overall as a rookie. That's a very good uh, late second round pick. This guy will come in and I assume he'll be a starter right away or he's going to push for playing time right away. Um, normal development trait is the only uh, only thing the, to be a little unhappy about there for the Chiefs, but 70 overall, like I said, late in the second round uh, is an excellent uh, thing to have there. And then in the third round, uh, the Chiefs doubled down on the right tackle position and took Andrews at right tackle, and he's a 66 overall. So that's decent, uh, particularly late in the third round. Probably not going to be a guy that starts. And as I look at their roster right now, I don't even see him anywhere. Uh, so maybe he got traded away. Uh, but certainly would be a good trade asset in the future. Uh, from there... It was less impressive, and of course, once you get out of the first three rounds, it's tough to get really good players, but in the fourth round, they get Polk at middle linebacker, only a 59 overall, um, and that's got to be 
a little disappointing uh, for the Chiefs there. Did have 85 speed, though, so that's pretty good for a middle backer. Uh, we'll see what the Chiefs do with that guy going forward. And then McKee at defensive tackle in the fifth round. He's a 61 overall. Ridley at left outside linebacker, 60, 61 overall. And Tucker at receiver. He's a 58 overall receiver. So especially those late rounds didn't go great for the Chiefs. But when your first pick is late in the second round, uh, may not be a real exciting draft for you. But hopefully they got a starter at tackle out of it. So the Chiefs get a B-. minus. On to the Browns. The Browns in this draft. At number 8 overall and number 32 overall. Uh, those were their first round draft picks. And then after that they had uh, the, last sec the last pick in the second round, last pick in the third round, and then the last pick in the fifth round. And that was their entire draft. Uh, so they had traded away everything else. Um, and it looks like they're doing that moving forward into the future too. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but at number eight overall, the Browns picked William Trainer, a right in. Uh, 73 overall, 80 speed, decent explosiveness, and all of that stuff. And uh, that's decent for the Browns. Uh, he did not have a hidden development. He's a normal development trait. And they have since moved him to outside linebacker. So uh, if you're playing the Browns, and that puts him at a 71 overall right now, um, if you're playing the Browns, look out for that 295-pound outside linebacker uh, with 80 speed and 84 acceleration and 82 strength. And let's look at his pass rush moves, if we can find them. Run block, run block, tackling block shed. Uh, 64 finesse moves, 75 power moves. He's got a little ways to go to develop. Um, so not the best pick that the Browns have ever had. I got to wonder if moving him to outside backer means they're going to try to pile up sacks with him and then move him back to defensive end. Uh, seems like something the Browns might do, but we'll see what happens. Um, but I know they were disappointed in the hidden development trait there. And then in uh, last pick of the first round, left tackle Lake. Uh, 71 overall. That's an okay pick. Also a normal development trait. All of the Browns draft picks were normal development traits. And I gotta wonder if that's the first time that's ever happened to them. Uh, if it is, I admit it's kind of funny. Um, and then second and third rounds, they went back-to-back -back defensive tackles. Womack and Lowe. Um, and so, these guys, I think Womack actually looks like a Pretty good defensive tackle. Uh, 89 strength as a rookie. Pretty good starting point. Uh, and if they want, they can develop those two guys into decent players. Uh, and then right tackle in the fifth round. So everything, uh, and he was a 70 overall, so that was an excellent pick uh, in the fifth round. Uh, that's Barnett. So everything is in the trenches for the Browns. No other positions, just offensive, defensive line. Um Obviously, an area where the Browns felt they needed to really kind of bolster their roster. I will say, because they got no uh, hidden developments and 
uh, no hidden development traits, and uh, only five picks, and not a. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, if you have a, a large variety of positions you take, but this was particularly narrow uh, for what the Browns were aiming for. And then, of course, no development traits. Uh, the highest guy here is a 73. The rest are kind of around 70, which is decent, uh, but not what we have come to expect from the Browns. So the Browns get a C+. Next team to grade is the New England Patriots. Uh, the Patriots were picking number 4 and number 13 in the first round, and then ninth and 30th in the second round, and then they had a 5th round pick, and that was all they had. So a lot of teams trading away those middle uh, and later round picks, uh, which probably isn't a bad strategy. Uh, what did the Patriots do with these picks? Well, I'll say I really like the players they got. Uh, I don't know. This is always the trouble with grading the Patriots. I don't know what they're going to do with those players. Um, and when I don't know what to do with them, I got to wonder. Sometimes I factor that into the draft grade uh, because I got to wonder, you know, is this player helping your team? If I know right away this player's not helping your team, then, you know, I. I don't know if I can give you a really high grade. So, anyway, uh, I, I don't want to get too far into the formula there. we got to keep that secret and really leave it to the scientists. But uh, th those are some of the thoughts going through my head. So, at number four overall, and making a whole bunch of money, uh, the Patriots draft Jamison Bowie at middle linebacker. Uh, this is a guy I really, really like his athleticism and his skill set. Uh, 88 speed. He's a 77 overall middle linebacker. He was a normal development trait, which is really disappointing, uh, especially because he had a draft story, I'm pretty sure, a really positive one, like the MVP of the Senior Bowl or something like that. Uh, so I got to think he's going to get a breakout game at some point. Here's the thing. I don't know what scheme the Patriots are running these days, but he is the second middle linebacker on their team. Their, uh, their starting middle linebacker is one of the best players in the league. I believe he's been defensive player of the year a couple of times. Uh, so is Jamison Bowie going to play? If they're in a 3-4, then he's playing. Uh, and I don't remember what they're running these days. Um, and that'd be good for him, but... If they're not in a 3-4, they got to find somewhere to put him on the field. If not, that's a completely wasted draft pick for the fourth overall player uh, who's going to take up a giant chunk of their salary cap. Um, but I don't know. I'm just talking out loud right now. Uh, as a pick, I like the pick. I liked the player. Uh, I would have been happy to have him. I don't know if four was too early, but... Pretty good pick there. And then 13 overall, really good pick, Cam Clay at cornerback. Uh, a lot of alliteration there. It's going to make it hard to talk about him in the future. Uh, but this is a pretty big, pretty fast corner. 93 speed, 95 acceleration, 6'1", uh, zone corner, which matches what the Patriots do. And he is going to play. Uh, and I think that's a home run pick right there. He's a hidden development trait. And then uh, in the second round, Keon Marsh, a defensive tackle, 73 overall. That's a good pick. And uh, Perkins at left end, Toby Perkins. I think um, that was 
a pretty good value pick there in the late second round. A uh, real explosive edge rusher there. Um, so all good players. Both those guys were normal development traits, which is the uh, only disappointing part. But they're also both guys that could pile up sacks if they do it right. Uh, and so they could move up the ladder. And then in the fifth round, the Patriots got a kicker. I think they needed a kicker. Uh, they seem to draft a lot of them, but I think they needed one this time. So with the picks that they had, I think these were pretty good picks by the Patriots. Hopefully they use them well. Um, and so grading on the talent they got there um, and based on their draft position, uh, the Patriots come away with this from this uh, draft with a B. Moving on with the draft grades, uh, we move to the Carolina Panthers, picking at number one and number nine. And man, when you're picking that high, you better get them right. Uh, at number one, I think they did a pretty good job here. It was one of the most predictable picks, probably, uh, that we've seen in quite a while. Uh, the Panthers go get Kyrie Cooks, that six foot one uh, receiver with 94 speed, great acceleration and agility. Uh, and yeah, we're in, as I record this one, week two of the regular season, and he's up to 95 speed, 95 acceleration, 95 agility and 79 overall. Um, so, and, and we know he'll get funneled a bunch of targets. He'll progress very quickly. Um, so he's going to be a, a speed demon in this league for a long time now. So really good pick there. At number nine, Edward Spencer at left tackle. Uh, started out as a 76 overall. So that's another really good pick. You pick a left tackle that high, he, he better be in the mid to high 70s, and he is. He's also a hidden development trait, as was Cooks. Um, so two really nice picks there for the Panthers. And then uh, they stayed consistent uh, the rest of the way. Uh, two second-round picks, uh, both high second-round picks, and both defensive tackles in Wolfolk and Pettis. And they are both uh, right, or, they're right at 70, 69 and 70, is that right? Yep, 69 and 70, uh, both pretty good players. Uh, I think would have been great for the Panthers if one of those guys had been a hidden development trait. Uh, looks like Wolfolk got moved to right end. He is a hidden development trait. Okay, um, 24 years old, uh, so a little older than you want for a rookie, but you'll take that hidden development trait there. Um and then in the third round, with two third-round picks, they take Armstead at left tackle, 72 overall. Uh, late in the third round is great value. And then Potter at cornerback, 64 overall, 92 speed, so that's, that's okay. Um, so I think the Panthers doubled up uh, on the line, maybe more than they needed to, but they got some really good players there. Uh, in the first three rounds, the lowest player they drafted was a 69 um, well, besides the corner, uh, and that's pretty darn good. Um, so when you dra uh, when you grade this draft for the Panthers, you come up with a B. And lastly for the draft grades, I believe everybody's favorite team, uh, this is the Green Bay Packers. Um, Packers had two high first round picks, two high second round picks, two high third round picks. Uh, so really looking to get the most out of uh, this draft this year. Uh, with the number two pick, 
The Packers took Kyle Rainey at defensive tackle, a guy with a lot of athletic ability for a defensive tackle. He's a 77 overall, a hidden development trait. They're excited about that guy. Uh, he's going to get on the field. The Packers are moving to the four-man front, so he'll get on the field right next to Excuse me, right next to uh, their old D-tackle. I can't remember his name, but he's a really good player. So they'll play together there. Uh, and then at halfback, uh, with the seventh pick, LaRon Harrison uh, kind of fell to the Packers. Um, he could have been taken earlier. He was the number one overall player in this class. Uh, when it's all said and done, 80 overall, 94 speed, really explosive home run hitter at running back. Uh, good value pick there for the Packers, also a hidden development trait. In the second round, outside linebacker uh, Miles, 71 overall, only normal development trait, even though he had a good draft story. Uh, he, he's going to develop for this team at corner, uh, sharp, 92 speed, 69 overall corner. He'll get on the field and play and hopefully develop uh, in the third round. Uh, kind of a luxury pick for the Packers. Hamilton at tight end, 71 overall. Uh, looking to bolster their tight end room and make it a little more dynamic. Uh, Hamilton will be a little bit of a dual threat tight end to go with Alberry, who's a receiver, and Redmond, who's a blocker. And then uh, Lockhart as their second third round pick, 68 overall receiver. Uh, with 93 speed, the way the Packers develop receivers, uh, he could have a pretty bright future for that team. So uh, overall, pretty good draft class there for the Packers. Uh, two foundational pieces in the first round, and then a lot of a lot of talented prospects after that. Uh, so pretty good draft for the Packers. They get an A. So I thought everybody might. Well, I don't know about everybody. Maybe one person. Maybe only me. But I thought some people might find it interesting to just uh, look at how this podcast is performing and uh, look at some of the metrics and, and the breakdowns and things that Anchor allows uh, and see what's going on. Uh, but before we do, I want to talk real quick about the Cleveland Browns. So the Browns, uh, if you did not see, pulled off a trade. I believe it was two second-round picks and a third-round pick. Or maybe it was two-thirds and a second. Um, but they didn't have to give up any firsts. And they got quarterback Robert Ober Overbay, who was a second-round pick or maybe a first-round pick last year at quarterback. So the Browns brought him in and got him on their team. Uh, and he is now the backup uh, to Gonzalez, who, of course, is a 99 overall. I believe he's 99. Uh, really good quarterbacks, won some Super Bowls and MVPs and all that good stuff. Uh, and how do the Browns repay uh, that stellar career he's had for them? Uh, week one, they bench him. They just bench him. And they play Overbay at quarterback. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're probably trying to get ready for when Gonzalez's contract is up and see if they can have somebody ready to go to replace him. And that is kind of understandable uh, from a cap management standpoint, but it's just another one of those things 
about this franchise that shows that they just don't respect their players. And, you know, we, we haven't talked about it in a long time, but we have talked about in the past that uh, the, the Browns have had issues in that building. Uh, DK Metcalf famously didn't get along with the coaching staff. Uh, I can't remember his name, Justin somebody, middle linebacker, could not wait uh, to hit free agency and then go to the Steelers, the uh, in-division rivals of the Browns, uh, just to play against them and, and prove a point. So I don't know exactly what's going on with that organization, um, but you got to wonder uh, how Gonzalez is feeling, if maybe that whole locker room is a little upset right now uh, that their fearless leader was just benched so that the Browns could just try things. Uh, but I thought it was worth noting. Uh, and Overbay played all right. Uh, I think he had eight touchdowns, two interceptions, so he was okay. Um, but this team continues to to have issues with their players uh, and, and some of their star players. Uh, and, and I hope that they're okay in that locker room because you sure hate to see a team divided over something like that. All right, let's talk about the uh, Bibiter podcast and how it's doing. So I can look at the uh, anchor page here at the dashboard, as it were, and uh, let's see what we can learn about this. Uh, this podcast is available on seven platforms. Estimated audience, five. Unique listeners, five. Hmm, interesting. Uh, podcast performance throughout the months. Uh, it was peaking pretty well in August and October. Uh, November and December really dropped off. Uh, maybe the audience is just a little delayed listening to those uh, episodes. I'm not sure. Uh, but I have heard that some enthusiasm has waned, and I'm very disappointed in some of those listeners. Uh, and at the same time, I can't really blame them because my enthusiasm for making the podcast has waned slightly. Uh, but here's some of the interesting stuff. Demographics, okay, your listeners. Uh, this is something that I really need to know so I can uh, improve the monetization of this podcast. Uh, obviously, I've been making so much money off of it that I haven't really had to check some of these things, but it's good to know the demographics of who's uh, absorbing your content. So here are a couple interesting things. Um, listening platforms. What are people listening to the podcast on? 21% uh, Spotify, 20% Anchor, 11% Apple Podcasts, uh, which I haven't really advertised, so that's interesting to see somebody go and find it finding it on Apple Podcasts, and I think that really helps my uh, Q rating, so thank you to whoever's listening to it on Apple, uh, probably through iTunes. 4% Overcast, 44% Other. So I don't know what that other is, but if you're one of the others, how about you subscribe on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts or, or even listen through Anchor where it gets tracked better. Uh, geographic location of my listeners, 94% United States, that makes sense, uh, but 4% Ireland, and I do love my Irish listeners, they are the best, 
Uh, 4% probably means a couple hundred thousand. Um, so appreciate those listeners in the 1% Sweden, 1% Armenia, 1% Germany, 1% Belgium, 1% Singapore. That's probably actually 0% would be my best guess. Uh, let's see. Uh, average age of listeners uh, looks like well over 50% in the 28 to 34 uh, age range. That makes total sense. Uh, all, a little over 30% in the 35 to 44 age range um, because a couple of us are over 35 now. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, gender of listeners. 97% male? 97% male. Huh. My fan mail would indicate that that is not true. Uh, I We know that's not true. Um, I get fan mail from females all the time. All the time. Uh, so something's probably wrong with the metrics there. 97% male, 2% not specified. Um, and, the, and then 1% female uh, is what this claims. Um, but again, I, they may have that flipped. In fact, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, you know, Anchor makes mistakes every once in a while. I guess this says source Spotify. Uh, so Spotify, uh, definitely known for making tons and tons of mistakes. Um, so let's, because I know that that is inverted, uh, it's actually 97% female. Let's try to get some more male listeners in on the podcast. So tell your male friends about this show, uh, and maybe we'll get a few and boost that 1% uh, of male listeners and uh, even it out with all the very rabid uh, female fans of the show. Uh, there's really nothing else interesting to report here. Um, not much to talk about as far as the process of making a podcast. I'm hoping at some point maybe I improve that process and uh, actually come up with some better content, some more polished content. I I know from other people who make podcasts that uh, you can make sound clips from GarageBand and other apps like that and, and really make them sound good. And then you can, if you make them MP3s, you can add them in through Spotify or, or something else. Um, and maybe one day I'll get that advanced, but like I said, right now I'm making more money than I know what to do with. Uh, so I don't need to improve that much. And, and of course I, I have all the female fans anybody could ever dream of. So again, no improvement needed on my part. Uh, that'll do it for this week. If anybody has more questions about podcasting and how it works or how this podcast works, or of course, if you have questions about football or our league, uh, by all means, send them to me. I'll answer them, and uh, it'll help generate more content. Uh, until next time.